money has always felt like the one thing that it's like, eh, you're failing at that. Mm-hmm. And figuring it out feels yeah. like this big, huge, scary thing. It's and like a really I, complicated math problem that yes, you don't want to do, right? And like, I yeah. hate math so much. <laughs> and it felt so restrictive and overwhelming for the longest time until very recently, I had to kind of get underneath some of the philosophical things and the way mm-hmm. I was approaching mm-hmm. it before I could make any progress. And I finally found a tool that is starting to kind of rework the way I think about it. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hey, welcome to episode two of season two of Real Talk, the show where we get real about everything from the ridiculous to the inspiring. I am Anson. I'm Kara. I'm Isaac. And we're the Three Musketeers. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. They're, they're, I feel like we need some sort of closing I line felt, right I there. I felt we the do. panic in your voice trying to come uh, up with uh, follow-up. We up. are three people in a room talking yes. about stuff. Three humans. That's right. Today on the show, our conversation is Mo Money, Mo Problems. Mo <laughs> Good reference on that. Nice. I'm about it. Or just the uh, stress that uh, finances can cause in general. Mm. I think this is an interesting topic because I think it's one that we really don't talk about that much. Mm. It's almost like it seems like there's more pressing issues that uh, we all have to deal with every single day that are right in front of our nose. And yet I feel like money problems or financial issues, it's kind of this issue that is always there lingering Mm, under the surface. And I read something as I was preparing for this show from the American Psychological Association. They said that in the United States, finances are the leading cause of stress for Americans. Wow! They beat out everything else, relationships, marriage, job, all of that kind of stuff beat out by finances. That's crazy. I wouldn't have thought about it like that. But I mean, all those other things you just listed, marriage, job, money affects all of those things. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty dramatically. And so, we each come to those things with our own ideas yes. of how money is supposed to be managed. Exactly. Right. And I can see how when someone else is in the picture can yeah. be yeah. pretty stressful. I think that's the thing about money is it, it does just it touches every aspect of our lives yeah. in yeah. some way or another. It's always kind of lurking there. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of times. Times I think the thing with stress is that it's not always the thing that's like right in front of your face mm. that's really causing the stress. Sometimes yeah. it can be some of that like under the surface kind of stuff that you right. don't even recognize what's causing it until something blows up. Yeah. Uh, yep. You know, maybe you have a financial emergency or something and then all of a sudden you're going okay, yep, <laughs> this has been a problem and now it's a really yeah. big problem and I don't know what to do. So right. yeah. that's what we're going to talk about on the show this week. But first it's time for the shameless plug. If you've got money problems and you can't afford to buy clothing, we have the solution for you here at Real FM (laughs) with the Real FM t-shirt, which you can earn for free. From the simple act of filling out a few beta tester surveys. Brilliant. Which is a lot easier than getting a job and earning money <laughs> and going to Target and buying clothes. Just take Real FM beta tester surveys. And, and get the t-shirt. Yeah, we'll stock up your closet <laughs> with Real FM shirts. Perfect. Honestly, I think we can only send you one, so. Yeah, that's true. This may not be the best strategy for... <laughs> Limited, limited time your offer. wardrobe but the real fm t-shirt is still very cool you can earn one just by being a beta tester and taking a few surveys in fact guys i have some fun news we have a few people that have already earned a real Ooh. fm t-shirt because what? they've taken the five surveys shout out to uh, garris caden and jeanette Awesome. They job, have guys. all taken Garrison Caden are up to seven surveys already. What? They're just crushing it. Overachievers. We're going to have to come up with like a Do new. Do you eventually get a pair of pants? <laughs> I don't Maybe we'll have to make that like at 10 surveys real or something. FM sweatpants. We don't have any real FM pants at the moment. Just slowly clothe you. I'm going to put Isaac good. on that. <laughs> you we'll f- get back you to figure you. that out. And yeah, we'll let you know next episode if we've, if we've come yeah. up with some real FM pants. But seriously, if you've gotten a shirt, send us a selfie in it because we mm. want to see your pretty face with our shirt on. Let's talk about what we're into this week. What I am into is a video game. <laughs> surprise, surprise. It's about to say. Do you guys remember a video game from a, a few years ago? And by a few years ago, I mean like 20 years ago okay. <laughs> called Roller Coaster Tycoon. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Did I you never, ever play that game? I never played it, but I remember hearing about it. Okay. I think I got a copy of it in a box of cereal, believe it or not. <laughs> what? Seriously? I, I really, I, I didn't even know that was a thing. Getting wow. a CD-ROM. 
copy of Roller Coaster mm-hmm. Tycoon. Oh, That's yes. Awesome. Yeah, the only way to play it back in the day was on the old CD-ROM. CD-ROM. And uh, I was a big fan of Roller Coaster Tycoon. That's awesome. Back in like the late 90s or whenever that was. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was a lot of fun. I made my own roller coasters. And yes, just like everyone else, I made death coasters that ended and <laughs> oh. launched people off the end of the coaster and everybody died uh, because, you know, I was a preteen boy and that's what you did. <laughs> that's what you do. You were playing a roller coaster game. There's a new game that just came out. It's called Planet Coaster. And it's kind of the like spiritual successor of Roller Coaster Tycoon. It's not made by the same people, but it's in the same vein. The really fun thing about this is my daughter, Avi, who's six, loves it. And so we play this game together. It's our game that we play together. How cute. So we are currently working on a theme park that is in the middle of the mountains. It's called Mountains of Fun. Yes. And we make roller coasters and stuff. And she designs some roller coasters herself. The thing is, Avi's roller coasters would never fly in the real world because they are absolutely terrifying. She's like, let's put a loop here and a corkscrew here and a twist uh, here and drop off a 90 degree like drop here. And then you go up this way. And now let's launch them at like 90 miles an hour straight into a tunnel. I mean, they're like the, th- the cool thing about Planet Coaster is you can actually ride the roller yeah. coaster. Oh. Yeah. So you click it and it shows you like the first person camera view of you like sitting in the coaster. Oh, wow. So you get to experience it and I literally start to get nauseous. Oh my goodness! On the digital roller coaster, just watching it on the screen because of how intense these are. Yeah, wow. and I don't have the heart to tell her that none of the guests are actually riding her roller coasters um, because they all think it's way too scary. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, she's an evil mastermind. <laughs> I love of it. roller coaster design, and I she just, takes after her. Dad. I'm just blessed to be a witness of yeah. her work, and I'm so proud of her. That's a lovely death coaster. So yeah, we have a lot of fun with the. Uh, with Planet Coaster. If you want a fun game to play with your kids, or if you're just a kid at heart like yeah. me, you want to pick up a fun, casual game, That's... check out Planet Coaster. It's really fun. So what I'm into this week is a TV show you might have heard of called 30 Rock. Hey! Came out a How, how few old is that? Years when did, it, when did it come out, Kara? Maybe 2007? <laughs> I don't know. Ish. Actually, here's the thing. Back in the day when it came out and was popular... I did not really watch a lot of TV for some reason, and I didn't know much about pop culture and what was cool and fun. And then recently I've started to learn about these things. So I am late to the bandwagon on everything, but I'm having a great time. Last season (laughs) on the podcast, you heard me talk all about Parks and Rec and how wonderful (laughs) it was. And you're all like, we know because we've seen it before, but it was so much fun. So I feel like this season is going to be all about 30 Rock because Uh I've just started kind of getting into it a little more, watch an episode on lunch break. It's the short episodes, so they're fun and easy to watch. Sure. And just, I need a fun show in my life. So right now that is 30 Rock. Yeah. I'm just, Liz Lemon. Is, she, I was going to say, favorite she's character. She's my like soul like, sister right now. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of good characters on the show, yeah, let's yeah, be honest. But yeah. I love Liz Lemon because I feel her pain. Mm. Like yesterday, the episode was the one where she goes into the store and she buys a wedding dress because it's on sale <laughs> and it looks good on her. And then she's like in her office trying it on and people are like, whoa. And she's like, it was on sale. <laughs> like this big deal about it. And she starts crying and like breaks down on Jerry Seinfeld. And she's like, he's like, are you imitating me? No, this is what I sound like when I cry. And I was like, this is amazing. And every single working woman understands like in their thirties, yes. it's like, oh, Liz Lemon, I feel yeah plus she has this relationship with food that i really appreciate <laughs> just she and i we we love us some good food she's yeah. like i need to go talk to some food about this i'm like yes i understand you liz lemon liz lemon's your soul sister she huh? is kind of so yeah that's kind of what i've been into all this right week. we'll be on the lookout for uh 30 yes. rock references oh, and quotes yeah. there all throughout be. season two there may be some as kara's uh, tv show of choice for this season that's right <laughs> so my what i'm into this week was almost kind of forced upon me by the universe. I took up cow whispering over the weekend. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) This is the uh, time-honored tradition of getting cows to do things that they don't necessarily want to do. This started... (laughs) I still have no idea what you're talking about. Just wait. This is really intriguing. Here it comes. (laughs) So I woke up Saturday morning. I was in my kitchen drinking my morning coffee, and I look out my back window. There's a cow staring... Oh, very close to my window back wow. at me. Just just sitting there, dead eyes <laughs> looking at me. That's and terrifying. I'm like, this isn't something that normally happens. So I walk yeah. outside, bring my coffee with me in my boxer shorts. And I'm looking at this cow <laughs> and I had so many. I was made of questions. And I'm looking at it. 
so there's a cow field, a cow pasture, a cow house, a cow like house. I, <laughs> yards away from my yard. And I'm like, okay, clearly you got away from your herd. Like you got under the fence and you're in my yard now. And now I have to deal with you on my Saturday morning because I don't want to be responsible for losing this cow. Like this is now my job. Oh my gosh. I throw my, uh, my pants on, throw my jacket on. And I went outside to try to sort of escort this cow back to the field. <laughs> right. I tried a various toolkit of ideas. I tried gently like, come on, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I tried to moo at it. <laughs> just very. How did that work? Aggressively. And it, it got scared, which scared me, which the cow then like clearly was not okay and uh, ran off uh, back into the field. Oh, well, that, so oh. it worked. Some, I don't know which part of my idea worked, <laughs> but, but some part of it. something happened. Like, you do not look like a cow. <laughs> I'm getting the heck out of here. Goodbye. I, I learned so much about cow negotiation and all of that. I don't envy farmers at all. I don't envy cow owners uh, at all because getting this one cow to do what I wanted was a whole half of a Saturday. Negotiation. Yeah. Uh, and I can't imagine controlling a whole herd. So right. I tried to talk to a cow and get it out of my yard. I feel like yard. if there are any farmers listening to our podcast, they're probably like Isaac's terminology here. With like <laughs> you don't cow know. negotiation. They're like, what the, well, what is he although, talking about? Like, I don't know. They may be like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, what I did was I went to Reddit and I looked up like if there were any like cattleman pages to where people oh, swapped ideas. Because I want to be prepared for the next time this happens. Are there so like Funny. cattle subreddits there are communities there are, of like cow owners really they talk about best medication for them all of that wow i didn't make a post but i might reddit has something for everyone yeah that just so amazes funny. me it's there okay <laughs> cow whispering guys beautiful <laughs> It is time for the Swagger Scale, which is where we own our awkwardness, and uh, I'll tell you what, guys, I have plenty of awkwardness to go around. <laughs> so I was trying to decide what to present to you for this week's Swagger Scale, and I decided on something that happened to me on Sunday. I was at church, and my wife is a college pastor here in our community, mm -hmm. so we were doing a lunch for some college students. The thing is, I have a hard time a little bit with remembering <laughs> all of the names of all of the students in yeah. my wife's college ministry oh man I mean, some of them i've started to pick up because they've been around for a few years others have also been around for a few years <laughs> and i still have a hard time remembering their names and i'm just i'm just bad at names i have a really mm. hard time remembering people's names sure and i feel like everyone always remembers my name <laughs> maybe it's because it's unique or i don't know or maybe i'm just imagining that and that's not no, really true but i yeah. always feel like people come up to me and they're like hey anson and i'm like hey, hey you know you? The, the elongated yes. hey hey like i feel like if you don't know someone's name you just it's a, you don't yeah. know what else to say so you just universal. keep saying hey <laughs> yes you're like i'm just not gonna stop saying hey because if the hey goes on forever i don't actually have to remember right. your name it's true so I just hey. hey but then then it got worse oh no okay because my wife my lovely wife asked me <laughs> no. to pray for the meal and oh, no. before that we were talking about some some prayer requests and things and so she was like you know maybe oh, you, you no. can you can pray for oh. the prayer requests and for the and so now i'm like oh no okay wait but that so that dude wanted to pray for his mother's sister's <laughs> like cousin and i don't remember any of their names oh no <laughs> have you ever had this situation maybe it's like your small group you have to pray yep. for someone mm -hmm. and you don't remember their name oh that's mm -hmm. bad so you're like mm -hmm. i have to get through this prayer and pray for a person whose name I do not know. <laughs> oh, man. How do you navigate that, right? And so you're like, uh, I'm, I'm going to like just use the pronouns instead <laughs> of the, like, like, uh, dear Lord, I just really want to pray for them. <laughs> <laughs> And him and her their and their problems people. and oh, just cover all of them all with your grace all of their problems. and all of their problems. <laughs> Amen. Like, I, oh, wow. It's a rough time. Yeah. Oh. Am I the only one that this has happened to? Oh, oh absolutely no. not. Dude, no. I forget names as they're telling them to me. Like, yes. I, I, I'm like, I'm trying. That's There's all the these worst. tricks that people tell you. They're like, I know. oh, just repeat their name three times while standing on one of your toes. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, that doesn't work. Yeah. That's the way it happens in real life is they're like, 
hey, I'm Tim. And you're like, okay, cool. That's awesome, Terry. <laughs> like, who are you? As soon like, as you say your yeah. name back, you've forgotten like, their I'm name. I'm Anson, yeah. dude. <laughs> like, yeah. Actually, though, I met a college student last Sunday as well, and he said that he has this problem. Oh, good. And he came up to me, and I remember his name. He came up to me and said, hey, I'm Taylor, like Taylor Swift. Oh, and that's how he introduced that's himself awesome. to me. He was hey. like, I'm Taylor, like Taylor Swift. And now that's, I'm like, I know him. I know, that's, I know that's him. Taylor. That's Taylor Swift. Like, yeah. I know, and so I was like, maybe I need to start doing that. Like, that's a good hey, idea. I'm Anson. Like, Hanson, who are you? Like, you that's know, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. To because, help other people out. Yeah. Right. If you have those like associations that you yep. can put yes. with it, I feel like that's maybe the one trick that could work. Yes. At least yep. theoretically. I haven't actually put that into practice, so I don't know if it'll work. It probably <laughs> won't. It's worth won't. a shot, though. The thing is, I think you would have to be careful about Taylor as in Taylor Swift works because it's still yeah. his right. actual name. Yeah. yeah. Like if people did other associations yeah. like yeah. Hanson, kind of like Hanson, then I would probably just be like, oh, it's, it's Hanson. Hanson. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or if I do like it's Kara, like Sarah with a K, then they yeah. probably call me Sarah. Kara? Kara? That's Kara. She's Norwegian. I don't know. I'm hopeless. <laughs> so on the swagger scale, Isaac, do we give him still some points? Because he, he prayed for them. I'm going to give you. I'm, hey, seriously, though, points for effort, though. Yes. You're getting, for effort. you're getting three from me for effort because, there darn you it, go. you still prayed. That's right. <laughs> and we're, we're acting like God is being, like, confused up there. Yeah. Like, what is his name? Who is that guy? Oh, I just, yeah, God's like, Scara? Who's Scara? Like, Who's he's Kuskara? looking through his logs. Like, <laughs> Who is she? Even in Sweden, there's no one named Scara. I'm checking the logs right now. <laughs> Nobody. And now it's time to talk about what we're crushing this week, celebrating wins, big or small. And I am a little bit unsure about whether this counts as crushing it because it feels more like I'm being crushed. But (laughs) (laughs) okay. so I did this thing this last weekend boot camp. My Zumba class is having kind of this competition thing together where we're all working out together and we're we're trying to you know, make some progress and be healthy in the new year. And so we were all like, hey, this sounds fun. On Sunday, let's get together and torture ourselves and do a boot camp. (laughs) Sounds Uh awesome. Yes. So we did that. And so we did many things. We did walking lunges. We did burpees. We did... I don't know. There was running. There was much cramping and, and tears. pain and tears. Cramping. Of, yeah. Is that an exercise? No. <laughs> yeah. It just as a result of Cramp. the exercise. <laughs> Push ups, sit ups, cramps. It was really, it was really good. It was, it was all good. good stuff. Here at JBU on the campus, there mm. are these stairs called the 100 stairs because there are literally 100 of them. Certain death. <laughs> yeah. And I thought maybe we were going to have to run at them, which would have been horrible. But instead, we had to run 10 steps, do 10 squats, run 10 steps, what? do 10 squats twice all the way through. No. 10 squats every we 10 steps. So that's 200 squats, people. No. Two, I don't even think I could do that. 200 like, even, squats in one day. Uh-uh. And I'm like dying. Up until yesterday, yeah. I, every time I stood up, I was like, I can't I was about walk. To say, how do you walk right now? It's extremely painful. I'm, I'm doing better today because I actually went to the gym last night and worked out some of the <laughs> lactic acid was what people kept saying. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I just hurt. Like, whatever that is. Get it out of acid me. Acid sounds like it hurts. Acid All the acid in your muscle. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Well, maybe it was the 200 squats. Yeah, <laughs> that stupid thing. squats. So, I, but that was just one part of the whole thing that we did. Oh like, gosh, we did more. It was insane. So, yeah, the next day I have, you know, one of my friends is texting me. She's like, I literally cannot move. I can't get out of bed. I'm going to be late to work. I was like, I feel your pain oh so much. Yeah, that's that point where, like, if you have to walk down a little hill or yes. something, you just, like, fall forward yeah. on your face <laughs> yes. because your, your you legs can't. are like, nope. That yeah. is how, yes, that's how the last two days have felt for me. So it's just, I'm still sore, but it's starting to get a little bit better but so i'm like i kind of feel like yeah i crushed it but then i also feel like yeah really i just feel like i've been crushed like i don't even know if that counts as crushing it because i just feel like i'm dying but but at the same time 200 squats right plus yeah other other stuff stuff, (laughs) like sit-ups and cramps and whatever That is crushing it. I, I would say that's more so. squats than I've done in the last year. Right. Probably. And you did that in a day. It was insane. Oh okay, but here's I'm sh- exercising every couple of days and right. doing squats and you've still probably done that, more yeah. squats than I've yeah. done this year. So I feel good about it. Here's the other thing, though, that makes me feel like, yes, crushing it and I'm proud and I'm going to own that. But 
I also feel a little bit ashamed because last night I'm at the gym and my friends are telling me about this woman who's in our Zumba class who's like maybe in her 60s and she's so great. She's so enthusiastic and so fun. We all want to be like her when we grow up. And they're like, yeah, did you guys know Jane did boot camp two days in a row? No. We were like, no, 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 she, she didn't. no, she did not. She did that workout that we all did that we were like still dying from two days in a row. And the second day she shows up, she's smiling. She's fine. She's happy. I was like, well, suddenly I feel like I have no right to complain, <laughs> Man, <laughs> but I'm still going to own it. I'm just going to try to be like her someday. Uh, yeah, no, that's, she's that's crushing it. I would say it's yeah. closed. Mm-hmm. I'm stamping that crushed. <laughs> Thanks. Isaac and I need to go do some cramps now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Tensing up and convulsing. Now it's time for Would You Rather. This is a new feature of Real Talk. It's think of it as a great value version of the choose your own adventure game. <laughs> no one love. Yes. Isaac is our dungeon master for today. Yes. <laughs> Let me adjust my glasses here. Okay. All right. Anson and Kara, my two adventurers today. <laughs> Would you rather be attacked by two full-grown tigers? Okay. This does not sound pleasant. Work, no. with, work with me here. Or be attacked by 70 house cats? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Ooh. goodness. Choose wisely. Okay. Two wow. full-grown tigers. Two full-grown tigers. Or 70 <laughs> house cats. <laughs> And I, I think we need to appreciate how that many is, house cats, 70 house cats. I'm trying to picture. I mean, okay. So let's think through the mass <laughs> yes. difference between two tigers and 70. Like, I feel like 70 house cats probably actually have more mass than two full grown tigers. Is they that true? Might, they could probably actually, weigh you down. Could. Which would weigh more 70 house cats or two tigers? I don't know. How much does a tiger weigh? Like, I, don't, I mean, they're big. They're huge. Uh, they are yeah. huge. So I, maybe not. So you're talking about 35 cats per tiger right yeah. so i'm thinking an average house cat's probably weighing eight pounds i'd okay, say okay. no eight and a tiger's pounds. probably a couple no several hundred yeah so that's 560 least. total house cat weight <laughs> oh wow 560 pounds of cat okay but if, if two tigers are like 500 pounds each that's close to 1k but i think that we're getting caught up There's on like the a, weight portion here like a cat walking across the street right now and i'm slightly terrified I'm like, they're coming <laughs> they're probably. on their way here choose which one you want <laughs> can you outrun either I probably not you probably right can. you couldn't run away gosh I feel like a tiger could actually <laughs> two tigers like you're dead 0.5 seconds. Uh, yeah. yeah. But house cats like you're going to be in a lot of pain. Right. See, that's what I was thinking Hopefully is like, they won't yeah. actually I don't know if the house you. cats would actually kill you. They would but, just cause you a great amount of pain. And right. Suffering. But that's what I'm thinking is like maybe dying in 0.5 <laughs> seconds would be better. Like maybe just getting insta mauled by the two insta tigers <laughs> is better than laying there getting destroyed by 70 cats for the next hour. Ew. And that's like, assuming that the attack is indefinite until you're toast. Maybe oh. they might get distracted. That's by horrible. So, so yeah, like, maybe am I like equipped a with a laser pointer? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's a fair question. And are tigers susceptible to the same things that small cats are? Yeah. Man, uh, this is a tough one. Yeah. I mean, either way is obviously going to be very unpleasant. I've been scratched <laughs> a lot by just like a oh, single yeah. cat. Yeah, me too. And it's that's not, not pleasant. It's not no. fun. So 70. I mean, the only like saving grace of this, I feel like with 70 cats is maybe <laughs> all 70 of them wouldn't really be able to get you at the same time. That's true. Right. They'd have like, to Because there's turns. only so much room. They'd have to hit you in waves. <laughs> but even that, I mean, round so three. Better. Yeah, that's that's not Ugh. better because they're going to have reinforcements, right? Like you yeah. shake off like 10 yeah. cats and 10 more. Just They've like, got their posse on. like on the edge cheering them on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but the tigers, you just have no chance. All right. We've got to answer this question. I, I feel like I'm going to go with the two tigers okay. because I'm going to say oh. more like quick and painless. You're a brave like, man. I know I'm going to die. Yeah. Um, it's not going to go well, but I'm just like, get it over with quick. The tigers, I feel like are going to be able to finish me off relatively quickly. (laughs) And then I'm out of my misery. That's horrible. I don't want to lay there with like waves of house cats (laughs) biting and clawing and scratching. Like that just sounds awful. So give it, give it to me quick. Let's get it over with. I'm going with the two tigers. Anson has chosen the tiger pit. Wow. I don't know. See, I like cats, so this is difficult for me because I, I, I feel like after being mauled 70 by cats 70 don't cats, like you. yeah, I feel like that would do me in for cats. And I, mean, uh, I, I would hope so. Like if you still like cats after that, you're a crazy <laughs> sick person. I like to think, though, so I can let you both off the hook, that this is taking place where you might have the ability to 
try to distract the cats. Okay, so the attack I'm, is temporary. Well, okay, I'm going to choose the cats then because yeah. if there's a possibility you can distract them. Okay, good luck. There's hope. <laughs> I know. True. One bag of cat. You're going to be One you're going to be laying there <laughs> getting attacked by all the cats, looking over at my dead body. I'm going to be. I'm going to. Two tigers <laughs> eating. In envy. Like, you chose wisely. You chose the quick way out. Uh, Should have followed Anson. I'm going to like die of infection from cat bites and cat scratches slowly. So as we mentioned today on The Conversation, we're talking about money. And I really do feel like this is just one of those things that is a universal stressor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether you have lots of money, whether you have no money, it's one of those things where I think we trick ourselves into thinking that if we just added money, that would Mm -hmm. solve our problems. And yet anybody you could ever talk to in the history of the world Mm -hmm. will tell you that that has never solved a problem. Right. And I've seen more interviews than I can count with very rich, wealthy people Mm -hmm. who will tell you that that did not solve their issues. Obviously, we have issues with money in terms of feeling like we don't have enough. According to the Federal Reserve Bank back in 2015, almost 40 percent of Americans said they are struggling to get by Mm. or are barely making it. So a lot of people whether that's true or not, feel that way, right? That I'm just barely getting by. So that absolutely is a problem. But I feel like the thing about money problems is the problems go much deeper than just actually having enough money to get by. Mm. There are emotional problems, there are mental problems, there are relationship problems that all stem from this core issue of money. And I was reading some stats from the American Psychological Association. They said almost 75% of Americans report experiencing stress from finances. Wow. So three out of four people feel stressed about their money situation. And you know of those people, there are people all over the board in terms of how much money they actually have yeah. or what kind of position they're in in life or yeah. are they near retirement or are they very young or do they have a stable job or do they not? Those factors may influence that some, mm-hmm. but there's people yeah. across all of those life stages and life positions who experience stress. This one caught my attention too. 31% of Americans admit lying to their spouse about oh. money. Wow. So one third of people who are married say, yes, I have lied to my spouse about money. Oh, my gosh. And they got more in depth about this. Like there are people who said, yep, I've bought large purchases and not told my spouse that I did that. I have secret bank accounts that my spouse doesn't know about. I mean, all sorts of crazy stuff that people are keeping hidden. To me, if anything is emblematic of the problem that we have with money, if the fact that like as married people, we can't tell like our most trusted confidant about (laughs) the problems that we're having with our money. That's a huge problem. Obviously, we have an issue. I think maybe a great place to start in this conversation would kind of be what has been our kind of personal histories and backgrounds as as it relates to money? Because Mm -hmm. I think this starts from a very young age, right? Because we we grow up in our parents' household. We're watching how our parents handle money. And that's something that's probably going to set us on a trajectory or at least influence us in some ways. Yeah. So there is a point, I think we're calling it like the 08 housing bubble. Yes. When Mm -hmm. things great recession. The great recession. Yeah. Right. So Mm -hmm. my family was greatly impacted by that. And I'm talking like at a young age, I was answering the door to some people who are like, hey, um, so some bad news, like your water is shut off because some oh, things were behind. Wow. And Man. that was, I was going, okay, money is very important. Yeah. If you don't have it, your life is very, mm. and to no one's lack of effort, even, we were just greatly impacted by that. Like yeah. our, our number was called and that was, that was it. And we were way taken care of by friends and family members that helped out and mm. we got on a better track. But I learned very quickly, okay, like, The lack of money can be a very big problem. To me, that was my source of anxiety back then of like, are we going to make it? And again, to no one's lack of trying, Mm -mm. but it just seemed like things didn't happen the way that they should all the time. And for us, that was my family's point of contention. I would say it was like Mm. money, money management and things like that. How old were you at that point? Oh, gosh, that was 10 years ago. So 14 ish. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that, that I noticed even from my own childhood is even as a very young kid, even younger yeah. than 14, like seven, eight, nine years old, like you, you notice those things. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if your parents are stressed about money right. or if your family's going through a bit of a hard time or something like you feel that even as a kid, right. that's not something I think as a parent, you can just hide or pull the wool over your kid's eyes. Right. And uh, the other part about that is 
I think this affects us whether you're a child or an adult. It's hard to get that same glimpse into other people's right. mm. home and family lives. Yeah. And so I think it's really easy to get this idea that my family is struggling and this is a stress for us. Right. And it doesn't seem like other people are going through this same mm. thing. Right. Mm. right. Because your friends at school don't know that the water's been shut off right. or they don't know, like they don't see those types of things. Right. And we don't see that in others. And I remember going through that as a, as a child going through a time period where my dad was making a career change and it greatly impacted our lifestyle. Cause my dad had a really good job. Yeah. We were very comfortable. And then he switched to something else. And all of a sudden kind of that stability yeah. floor that was underneath us mm -hmm. kind of just dropped away. Yeah. Wow. And yet I continued to look at everyone else around me and it felt like, well, everyone else still gets to go out to right. eat multiple times a week or gets mm. to do all these things. And now we don't get to do that. And right. I felt that. And I remember feeling kind of bitter about that, yeah. honestly, and feeling mm. like, how come I don't get this anymore? And and as a kid, I didn't understand all of the nuance and complexity right. involved, certainly. But I did feel the end result. Yeah, I'm wow. the same way. Like for me, our family budget discussions only happened when like the extremes happened. So like something went wrong mm. and then we would have like a big talk about okay why that went wrong so mm. my only experience for a while of like a family financial meeting was here's why this bad thing happened here's what's going to happen now responding to crisis right basically. so basically like, like crisis management because mm. for nine times out of ten things were going fine mm. but it just happened the only time we talked about money as a family were in the context of a high stress like so oh now, man. So now every time you talk about money, you're triggered to go to <laughs> yeah. that high stress place immediately. Oh, like yeah. we're in a crisis. This is an uncomfortable discussion right. to have right. because every something time. has gone wrong. Oh, if and we're we talking learned that it, like. so quickly. I'm newly married. So when yeah. my wife who had a way different context, like they had mm. just like big family meetings about everything, money included. Mm. And she's wanting to like lay everything out and talk about it. And I'm just noping out. I'm like, <laughs> nope, this stresses me out. Like mm. she can show me we have all of the money to cover everything. Mm. And I'm still like, sweating. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I don't enjoy this. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Getting re-traumatized. Yeah. And it's interesting. I think for me, a lot of my experience with budgeting and just thinking more about money has come more in my like young adulthood. And as a single woman, part of the reality of my life as I went to college and graduated and, and my parents kind of helped me be aware of this as I was going to school was there's no guarantee that you're going to get married and someone's just going to be there and provide mm. for you. And even if there was, you have gifts, so like go and right. go yeah, and right. use them and develop them, which is awesome. But there was this real reality of go figure out how to do something, like get yeah. an education so that you can get a job and live and mm -hmm. survive. And so that was a reality for me in young adulthood. But then there's also this reality of money stresses me out because numbers stress me out because I'm like this, I don't know, I love creativity and art and music and like all of that yeah. part of life. And this part of life feels it feels so almost unattainable. Figuring it out feels yeah. like this big, huge, scary thing. It's and like a really I, complicated math problem that yes! you don't want to do, right? Like, I yeah. hate math so much. <laughs> and, it, and it feels like my whole life is this, here's grown up life and here are all the things you're doing well at. Money has always felt like the one thing that it's like, eh, except that you're failing at that. Mm, and for right. a long stretch of time, like every year it would be like, okay, this year I'm going to make a budget. Okay. This year, this year, this year. And it's not for lack of trying, like lovely people in my life have sat down with me and they made the spreadsheets. I went to meetings and I just could not mm, wrap my yeah. head around it because it felt so restrictive and overwhelming for the longest time until very recently, actually last year, I sat down with some friends and talk through it. And I had to kind of get underneath some of the philosophical things and the way mm, I was approaching yeah. it before I could make any progress. And I also had to find a tool that worked for me, which was huge because spreadsheets do not work for me. <laughs> some of the other normal budgeting things that work for other people just didn't work for yeah. me. And I finally found a tool that is starting to kind of rework the way I think about it. And not that I'm done because sure. it's such a yeah. process, but, right. but yeah, that's kind of been my grown up journey. There were a couple things that you mentioned, Kara, that I think are so important. One of them is kind of the underlying philosophy mm -hmm. of budgeting or financial management. Mm -hmm. I think so often we think, well, budgeting is this chore that I have to do. <laughs> right. And if I don't do it, I'm a screw up and I'm not a very good adult yeah, and I'm not exactly. taking care of my responsibilities. Right. But all of that just feels like a lot of weight. Yeah. And 
I don't know about you guys, but my response to when I feel a lot of that weight and pressure is to stuff it away yeah. you know, in a closet and I go like, do I don't want to deal with that. And so I'm just going <laughs> to put it over here and stick my fingers in my ears and go, la, 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 la. It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> you know, and hope that that just yeah. works out, which exactly. of course it doesn't. Yeah. But that's how I think just as human beings, we tend to respond to right. pressure like that. Mm-hmm. I think we have this tendency to think about budgeting or taking care of our finances as this restricting thing. So when you say budgeting, I'm thinking like, okay, I got to count how much I'm spending on things. Then I have to feel guilty about how much I'm spending (laughs) on things, right? I have to feel guilty about the fact that I'm spending 15 bucks a week, maybe on coffee or whatever, Mm -hmm. and I'm not spending it on these more important things. So I'm going to feel terrible about that. And it's going to make me feel really bad. And I have to look at it every month and remember how bad of a person I am. Why would I want to do that? Right. Right. (laughs) Why would I subject myself to that? Right. None of that sounds enjoyable at all, right? Instead, what my experience has been is when you find yourself in the right place, Instead of being restricting and pressure filled, budgeting is the exact opposite. Mm. It's freeing and stress relieving because I think we think when I budget, it's just going to take away all my fun. And really what a budget is, is just a plan. And what happens is when we decide to spend money on something far too often, we're doing it in the heat of the moment. We're like, I want a drink, so I'm going to buy a drink. It feels good in that moment, but then as soon as the drink is gone and we throw it in the trash can, we go, I hope I actually have enough money to buy that drink. And do I have enough money to get through to the next paycheck? Right. Right. And so those decisions that we make in the moment end up causing stress for the rest of our pay period, Mm. essentially, until we get to the next one. All of budget is, is basically saying, instead of making that decision in the moment, Mm. I'm going to make it in advance. Right. So instead of saying, I'm going to buy coffee right now, I say, "Mm, I'm going to buy $10 worth of coffee this week. Right. That's what I'm going to buy. And by making that decision in advance, we're basically putting our money where we want it to be. It's not about Mm. what some financial counselor says, don't spend this much money on this. And all this. <laughs> right. No, you're the person in charge. You make yeah. the decisions. Yeah. But if you don't have a budget, you don't get to make those decisions. Yeah. Mm. Those decisions actually are taken away from you by circumstance. Yeah. And yeah. then all of a sudden that's what's controlling your life instead of you controlling your own destiny. Yeah. That's totally a good way to look at it. You're talking to the guy who in college had sleep for dinner some nights because he didn't plan <laughs> yeah. financially well. Yeah. I think that looking at it as I am taking charge and allocating where I want to spend my money. So I can dedicate 15, 20 bucks a week on coffee because that's coffee's important to you. Right. right? And so Mm -hmm. I think that's the misinterpretation of a budget is people think if I'm budget counseling Isaac, I'm going to come in and be like spending money on coffee is bad and you need to put that money in your 401k. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But the point is, if coffee is important to you, right, then make room for that. Right. 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 And but by budgeting, you're actually giving yourself the freedom to drink coffee without guilt. Without guilt. Right. Right. Guilt free coffee. Yeah. That's the the whole point of budgeting is being able to put your money where you want it to go without Mm -hmm. having to feel guilty about it. Very true. And I think it involves communication too, like admitting to yourself what you want to spend your money on. Mm -hmm. And then also maybe if you're involved financially with someone else, like saying to your spouse or whoever you're sharing an account with, like, hey, I'm going to end up spending this amount of money on this because Mm -hmm. how can we Uh, make that okay? And that is huge in a relationship Mm -hmm. because the thing is you may have coffee as something very important to you. You may be married to someone who hates coffee. Right. right? (laughs) And so then you're going to run into this thing where you say, Hey, I spend like, you know, 15 bucks a week on coffee and your spouse is going, Think of all of the other stuff (laughs) you could spend 75 bucks a month on other than Mm -hmm. coffee. And that's going to be a source of conflict, right? Exactly. Then all of a sudden, every single time you sit down in crisis mode, because your wife doesn't have enough money to go buy groceries, Mm. she's going, you spent all of our grocery money on coffee, (laughs) right? And then that becomes a conflict. Right. But by talking about that ahead of time, you can come to a compromise and an agreement on what makes sense. Mm -hmm. Maybe she says, you know what? Five bucks a week on coffee or eight bucks or whatever it is. Right. You figure that out. And then again, like my wife and I do this where my wife, we have a clothing budget. Yeah. And so she doesn't have to text me every time she wants to buy something like Mm. a pair of shoes or something like that because she looks in the budget. If the money is there, she can buy it. And she doesn't have to justify that to me or try Mm. to convince me that that wasn't a waste of money. Right. And I'm not sitting here judging her going, I can't believe you spent our money on shoes Mm -hmm. because we already decided it was okay for her to spend money on shoes. Mm -hmm. We made the decision in advance. So that's a big part of it. And then the other thing you mentioned, Kara, that I think is so good is finding the right system. Yeah. Because there are a lot of different systems. Yeah. And people work in very different ways. Absolutely. And so someone who loves spreadsheets, maybe doing it all in Excel is going to be great for them. 
Yeah. For you, that wasn't the case. No, for me, that was not a thing. I found an app called You Need a Budget and it's YNAB.com. They're not sponsoring this podcast, but that'd be cool if they did. Um, <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> yeah, it, it's all online. They have a little app, of course. I don't really know why it's different, what the mental difference is for me between that and a spreadsheet, but it's just, it's pretty user friendly. You. Yeah create the different categories that you want and you can create goals in those categories or you can say, here's my goal each month to make this month. And then it tells you like, okay, you've met your goal for this month and it highlights little things in green or in red and it's Mm -hmm. colorful. It's visual. Maybe that's (laughs) why I like it. It's visual, not just in a graphs and boxes kind of way, but in a like, oh, okay, I can actually see where the savings are starting to build up. I can see some progress being made. I can see what's going on. So it's been a really helpful tool for me. And the other easy thing that I love about it is before when I would budget, I would do it all at the end of the month and it'd get super overwhelming or like every three months, you know, where you have to go back and try right. to write all the you go, things Oops, down. I didn't actually do that. I yeah. Need to go, and then you, yeah, yeah. that gets hard. And with this, it's actually a thing that I have open on my computer so often and it's become a habit to actually just almost every day or every other day, go and check and see if any more transactions came through yeah. and just categorize them automatically. And yeah. it's become like a rhythm that makes it all so much less pressure. Yeah. And like I said, I still have work to do. I really need to retool it because lately I've been doing a lot of the like, I'm just going to add a little bit to that category, you know, after the fact, because I'm not accurately judging what I really need in that category. So it has work to do. But my thing is before I was doing nothing because I thought, I don't know how to do this. So I'm not going to do anything. Now I'm doing something. So even if I'm not doing it perfectly, something is better than nothing. And I'm making at least some progress. Absolutely. Progress is good progress. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, my wife and I, we've been budgeting for 10, 12 years since we got married. And I come from a background where I I had everything going for me in terms of like the education that Mm -hmm. I needed on this subject to to do that well. Mm -hmm. And there are times where we royally mess up. (laughs) We're not immune from that for sure. Nobody is. And every few months we're getting together and going, okay, what do we need to adjust? What do we need to try to fix? And then there are times where we should have done that and yeah. we didn't and yeah. we come back right. and go, okay well now we need to do it imperfection is a part of the game it sure. is anytime it is. with anything and so i think part of it is you have to accept like mm. it's an ongoing thing right. it's never going to stop i'm never going to get it 100 percent right no. but i'm setting myself up to be so much more free mm. and have so much less stress than i was before yeah yes. and that's winning it's you huge. know even if i'm not doing it perfectly every single time exactly right There are a few things I would say, though, that even when you feel like you're in control for the most part and Mm. you've got most of this down, there are still some pitfalls that you can fall into when it comes to budgeting. And these are some of the things that I really struggle with. One of them is being generous. Mm. One of the downfalls, I think, of being a person who is very like financially mindful and does a good (laughs) job of saving money is that I tend to hold on to my money very tightly. I tend to put it in my fist and I close my fist around it and I do not <laughs> let go. Yep. I am legendary with my wife for wanting to buy something and then not buying it because I can't bring myself to do it, uh, even if the money is there for it. I'll get some oh. money for like my birthday yeah. and it's specifically for like a certain thing. Like yeah, my wife yeah. says, here's money for your birthday to go buy this X thing. thing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then I don't do it. And like three years later, she's like, why do you still have that money in your Mm, wallet? Yeah. Like three years later. And I'm like, because I can't spend it. And so I I start to hoard money as a like super saver. And part of the problem with that is sometimes I'm not a very generous person. Yeah. I'm very fortunate to be married to someone who is a very generous person and who regularly pushes me in that area. Mm. Yeah. But that's something that I really have to work at is being willing to part with it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, My understanding of what scripture says about money is the goal is not to become Mm. a wealthy person. Right. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that. The point, the whole entire point of managing our money well is to be able to give it away. Right. Mm. And that's something that I struggle with so much. When you get into any sort of money, it's hard to like allocate where you're going to try to do some good with it. Absolutely. Mm. I don't think that's a unique thing to you. Yeah. The flip side of that is this idea of putting your faith in your money. Sure. And Mm. I think sometimes when you are again, budgeting well, or you feel like you've kind of got things under control, Mm. you can start to trust in your own ability to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And it kind of makes you a judgmental person yeah. because you look at other people who maybe are struggling and you go, well, if you would have just made better choices or, you know, you can start judging other people. Right. And the fact of the matter is stuff happens in life that you can't control. There are people Mm. who do everything right 
take all of the right steps and then something happens, a medical emergency sure. yeah. or an accident or a yeah. death in the family yeah. or the recession. Yeah. Yeah. These things happen that are outside of our control. And I think sometimes those things happen maybe to remind us we're not in control mm. yeah. and we start to put our faith in our money to save us from yeah. those things. That's not always going to work. Yeah. And mm. that's not where our faith belongs. My on repeat this week is Time Alone by KJ52. So KJ52 is a rapper that's been in the Christian music scene for years, mm -hmm. and he uh, just released uh, an album called Jonah, and now he's getting ready to release part two of this album, so it's kind of a two-part thing. Nice. And Time Alone is the first single off of part two of KJ's new album. And uh, I identify with this song because I'm an introvert. And it sounds like <laughs> KJ52 is an introvert as well, which yeah. is most of what he spends this song talking about. Yeah. I need some time alone. <laughs> Nobody call me. Can I please get some time alone? Please leave me alone. Like it's pretty much the like, chorus is, of this song. It is kind of an introvert anthem. It yep. is. The thing is, I, I think it also goes just a little bit deeper than, hey, please leave me alone, people, because you're annoying. <laughs> Sometimes my introvertedness can lead me to a lonely place. Place. Mm. And just because I'm an introvert doesn't mean that I don't also need other people to be with me yeah, or that man. I don't need encouragement from others. Right. And sometimes my introvertedness, I think, deceives me a little bit oh, yeah. and yeah. leads me to this place where I kind of go, yeah, I'm just going to be by myself and enjoy that. And then I turn into someone who is lonely and then that loneliness can lead to sadness mm -hmm. yep. and it, it kind of spirals into something that's really not good. It really sounds like KJ52 is kind of dealing with that issue yeah. in the song. He even says in one line, I want to get away and leave this earth. It sounds like he's really almost dealing with depression. And he kind of turns the corner in the second verse and talks about how life can't get much worse. But that's why you, Jesus, he's speaking about came to earth because I'm messed up and I'm alone and I don't know how to deal with myself and my emotions. And that's what you came for. Yeah. And that's the hope in the midst of loneliness and depression or these emotions that weigh heavy on us. Yeah. That's exactly what Jesus came for. There's someone that we can reach out to in the middle of that for hope and for help. My on repeat this week is High Enough by the Grey Havens and Propaganda. Guys, this song, I tell you, I was sitting here in the studio, Anson was playing it. He was actually just previewing it, I think, for the first time. Mm -hmm. And halfway through the song, I just looked up and I was like, what is this? Because <laughs> I loved it instantly. It has like this haunting minor melody, which I'm a total sucker for. Yep. <laughs> um, and I've listened to it so many times this week, just also taking in the lyrics because they're so deep and I feel like I'm only going to scratch the surface and Lyric Genius doesn't actually have any like <laughs> cheater things on it. So I'm going to do my best to no like, cheater things. there's no cheater things. Do it on your own. I'm going to do my best to just go with what I think it's saying. I think it's talking about, it goes all the way back to the beginning of time, freeze the moment in time, travel back down the corridor of Eden, see the apple shine. It was going to be the ladder to the skies in their mind. So I feel like the whole song is about kind of our pursuit of trying to get high enough. We're trying yeah. to get to this place where we're above and we've defeated all the things where we finally feel good, where we finally, even with the money thing we're talking about, yeah. we finally have enough money. We right. finally have enough yep. approval. We feel okay. We're all doing this, right? And it goes yeah. all the way back to the first Apple, dang it, where yeah, they're like... we've been doing this for so long. The, like, the Tower of Babel. Yes. I mean, like we, we're all doing this, right. building this tower exactly. all the time. Like, like, you take a bite of that Apple, you'll be like, God, it'll be great. And so we're still doing this. Yep. And it took me a while to realize that's actually what they were saying in the song. Cause I was like, yeah, it's a pump up song. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> so the chorus says, cause we fly to the mountaintop. We climb to the skies above. We sail to the stars and up, but we can't get high enough. Mm. And I think that's so profound because 
the things we're pursuing, what they're promising us, they can't give us. Yeah. It isn't going to work. Not to say like, don't be ambitious and don't try, but make sure you're going after the right stuff because the heights that we're seeking, it's never going to be high enough. Mm. And so there's some freedom in that and going... Jesus is the only thing that's going to get me where I want to be. We've tried everything else. We've tried everything else. And I love to, this is the bridge that said, they tell me you'll be free like a bird in the sky, which is basically like all the stuff that we're seeking is like, it's freedom. This is what will bring you freedom. And then they say, so tell me if you feel like a bird in the sky, do you feel like a bird in the sky? How free do you feel right now? Mm. All the things that you're like chasing after. And I, I need this reminder. (laughs) And it's such a beautiful haunting song to remind you in in a really kind of a backwards way. Like, yeah, I understand we're all climbing, but hey, this this is the thing that's really going to get yeah. you where you want to go. I love that. Mine repeat this week is Glades. Do right. This is a song that I think a full year ago, I probably would have listened to and thought, this is electronic garbage. What is this? <laughs> I fully admit, hey, Anson has I converted, converted me. Isaac to electronic garbage. Oh Yay! my gosh. Y'all. Oh, man. It's good so, garbage, man. So <laughs> if you awesome. know about Glades, you get extra hipster points because they are less than two years old as a band. They okay. are a Australian electronic group trio from Sydney. They're a band for like 18 months now and they're already on this tour. People are really receptive of their music Mm. and the song Do Right is one of those songs that honestly I'm coming out of a hard 2017 coming into a mildly difficult 2018 Mm. and this was one of those songs that I found it on one of my discover lists which was usually full of sad emo (laughs) music that I listen to during the winter to brood and... (laughs) stew <laughs> and then this song comes on and it's just like this really kind of light like oh it reminded me of like a summertime jam it's and, very mm. yeah it's very summery and i heard it and i just slowly started grooving and literally i'm honest to god my first thought was anson did this to me <laughs> <laughs> this is one of these songs that anson yes this is a direct result of working so close sometimes with anson. you just need some pop music yes man. like so true i just don't understand the hate that pop music generates because, honestly yeah like they, i'm all for some some brooding yeah. Oh, yeah. some stewing yeah all of that sometimes you need that sometimes yeah. you need like the gray havens yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like yeah. haunting beauty yeah. yeah all of that stuff is good but sometimes you just need yeah something to tap your foot to and smile with and that's exactly the song for me and it's not only that it's a very optimistic song it's the chorus is i miss the way my mama knew what to do she said to do right by your neighbor and they'll do right by you it's a hooky chorus. It's so I love it. Catchy. It's so good. I highly encourage you to check it out. All right, that's going to wrap up uh, episode two of Real Talk, our discussion on money, which yes. I know is just so fun. I get into it. I don't know. If you, <laughs> you guys may have hated every moment of it. No, I thoroughly enjoyed, I enjoyed that. It, it was so. good. Okay. It was very good. And Anson. getting me to enjoy money discussions <laughs> yeah. is like, yes, that's a feat. All right. You that's did a win. It. You've got me on pop music I was just and talking say. about money. <laughs> <laughs> And now we will leave you with the words of the immortal Tracy Jordan. <laughs> Live every week like it's Shark Week. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Real Talk podcast from Real FM. Wake up with Isaac from 7 to 10 a.m. and catch Real Talk with Anson and Kara from 4 to 7 p.m. Live every weekday on Real FM Radio. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of John Brown University, KLRC Radio, or Real FM.